I'm just going to pray for Adrian before he speaks to us this morning. Father, we thank you for Adrian. We thank you for the gift that he is to this church. Lord, we pray that your spirit would rest onto him, Mm. that you would Mm. speak through him, that you would strengthen him in body, in mind, and in heart. And Lord, that we would hear your words through him this morning. Amen. Without any pressure on him. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Brian. Well, good morning. Well, just find the clicker. Right, I did um, come across an advert for a T-shirt recently, which I thought, I must get one. (laughs) And this is something every church leader's spouse, children will recognise only too well. And... um, um, in fact, judging by some of the comments I received after my last talk, what some people took away from it was the fact that Rosary still scrubs up well. <laughs> so, why should this morning be any different? Anyway, now, um, I have no idea what Sam spoke on last week. I was meant to be following on, and I wasn't able to be here last week because I've had a bit of a back problem. I couldn't get here last Sunday, so if I didn't sort of jump up with my usual youthful exuberance this morning. That's because I have been struggling with a bit of a bad back. And um, I thought, it doesn't matter. I will catch up online to see what Sam said, and then I can follow on. But of course, Ollie, very inconveniently, has been on holiday this week. And so nothing went online. So I have no idea what Sam spoke about. But anyway, I'm, I'm meant to be following on. But I'm just covering myself. So if I duplicate what Sam said last week... It's just because when there's something important to say, God says it twice, okay? We know that from scripture, and if you don't get it the first time, he says it several times. Anyway, so we're in the middle of a mini-series on the subject of the Holy Spirit, and today's title is The Work of the Holy Spirit. And In John 17, Jesus promises that he will send us the Holy Spirit. And then he tells us the role that the Holy Spirit will play when he comes. And it is, if you like, the Holy Spirit's job description. That's what Jesus gives us. So let's read that passage. Um, This is Jesus speaking. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me. About righteousness because I'm going to the Father where you can see me no longer. And about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you. Sorry, I didn't click. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. 
Now, Jesus seems to pack so much into a few words. And if we try to unpack all of that, we would be here a long time. But Brian promised we'd be done by 12, so we'll try and keep to that. And, and, in, and if you know me, one of the really important parts of my day is my dinner time. So, right, we, we will be done by, by my dinner. Um, so, but I, I really want to focus on one important aspect of the Holy Spirit's job description. And that is, he comes to glorify Jesus. And I actually believe that that is his primary Role, And we'll keep coming back to that one because we need to see everything through that lens. He comes to glorify Jesus. Now, we are so privileged to have the Holy Spirit as our constant companion. And in the version on the screen there, Jesus said he would send the advocate. Now, the Greek word behind this is parakletos. Parakletos, which means one who draws alongside. So the Holy Spirit is one who draws alongside us. And just to give you a little bit more idea of the different layers of meaning behind this word, if we look at other versions, we see they all translate it just a little bit differently. Now I had a look through several versions, and these are some of the words that they use. Helper. Comforter, intercessor, counselor, strengthener, encourager, friend. Now, all of those are perfectly good translations in, in their own way, but put them all together, and that gives you the, the, the big picture, if you like, of the job that the Holy Spirit has been given and what he means to us. And we have this person of the Holy Spirit with all those amazing qualities always with us if we are a follower of Jesus. Now, I know I've mentioned this before. I am going to just repeat myself here a little bit. But this was something that was not available to the people in the Old Testament. Yes, the Holy Spirit was there. Of course he was. He was present. They could know his power. But his power would come upon them for a particular task or something they'd been called to do. However, the Holy Spirit could only come upon them. But Jesus made us, those people who follow Jesus, the people under the new covenant, he made us an awesome promise. And we'll just have a look at this, what he said in John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, there's that word again, to help you and, he, and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him, you have to be a follower of Jesus, um, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Now, that's my emphasis, that's not in the Bible, but that is really important for us to grasp that. He will be in you. The Holy Spirit will be in us. The Holy Spirit could not be in the people of the Old Testament because sin hadn't yet been dealt with. But one sin was fully dealt with through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, which we've just celebrated this morning. We've been made completely righteous and the way was open for Jesus through his Holy Spirit to actually be within us, to dwell within us. Now, do you notice that Jesus said there at the end, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. So how come we've got the Holy Spirit 
the promise of the Holy Spirit coming, but Jesus said, I will come as well. And I think the answer is quite simple, and that is the Holy Spirit is also the Spirit of Jesus. And if you look into the Bible, you'll see that the Bible tends to use the two terms quite interchangeably, such as here. Um, this, is, this is Paul speaking in Galatians. Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Ever Father, Daddy, that's, that's what it means. So we have the presence of Jesus always with us through his Holy Spirit. Something that was never available in the Old Testament. And do you remember that Jesus said about John the Baptist that he was the greatest of all the Old Testament prophets. That means he was greater than Moses, he was greater than Elijah, he was greater than Isaiah and all the rest of them. And yet Jesus said something quite profound and quite amazing really. He who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John the Baptist. Does anyone here ever feel least in the kingdom? I think probably sometimes we all do, don't we? But can I just say, take heart, because if you are in the kingdom, if you are a follower of Jesus, you are greater than John the Baptist, which means you are greater than Elijah, you are greater than Abraham, you are greater than Moses. That is such a profound truth. Now, it's nothing that you have done, nothing that you have earned, nothing of yourself, but it's everything because of what Jesus has done. You carry that presence with you. That makes you great. It really does. Now, that's why we should never say, oh, I could never do that. How many times do you hear people say, oh, I could never do that. I could never be a, fill in a, your own thing in there that you thought was impossible. Anything you believe was impossible for you. Because you have the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit and that makes you great in God's eyes. Now Paul understood this when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we need to interpret that statement against other scriptures. We do need to be sensible sometimes. Um, it doesn't mean that you can head off to climb Mount Everest tomorrow because you happen to walk up Snowden on a sunny day and that wasn't too bad. And so this is the next step, you know. Now, it doesn't mean that, or you can go off and swim the channel because you did 10 lengths in this swimming pool. Um, we have to be sensible and interpret this because there is such a thing as being called according to his purpose. If you're called, he will supply all your need. Now, I know Sam did touch on this last week. What is the purpose that is over your life? Because you really do have one. And I believe this most passionately. We all have a purpose over our lives that God has put there. Sometimes it takes a little while for us to realize what it is. But there is a purpose. There is a plan over your life and sadly many believers never fulfill the promise that God has placed over their lives and it can be through fear it can be through lack of trust it can be through feeling disqualified because of past events things have happened to you your circumstances it can be because you've listened to the lies of the enemy it can be because you've listened to the lies of others um, 
there's a lot of reasons why people don't always actually fulfill the promise that God has placed over their lives. But can I tell you one thing I really believe? It's never too late. It's never too late. You know, we have an enemy, and we have to realize this, and he is a robber. That's one of his characteristics. He comes to rob and to kill and to destroy. And he loves to rob the children of God from their inheritance. And sometimes we let him. But it's never too late to get in line with God's purpose over your life. Now, I honestly believe we can rob back. I honestly believe we can plunder the enemy. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have said this. He said, no one can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Now the strong man here that Jesus is talking about is Satan. He has a house full of plunder. He's robbed from God's children. And it's not his. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's stolen it. But I believe we have every right to plunder it back. If you've been robbed, and you will know if you have, I I feel robbed. You know, I feel robbed as regards my health sometimes. I've wasted so much of my life on this back. Now, I I know it's not God's good gift, but I intend to rob back. Everything that God has given me that has been robbed, I intend to plunder back. And if that's you this morning, let's pray for you at the end. If you feel you've, you know, the enemy's plundered you, let's plunder that back and we can do that in prayer. I really do believe that. Now, I, speaking personally, I never believed that I would make a speaker. Some of you will say perhaps you still haven't, but that's, that's your choice. Now, um, but in my youth, I would struggle to put two words together. I really would. Um, for some reason, I developed a stutter when I was at primary school and that really was embarrassing I never knew if I opened my mouth if I'd get caught on a word and there's certain words that seem to be a trigger and, you know, I'd really stutter and you'd see people sort of lose um, interest in what I was saying because I couldn't get the words out and for me that was a total embarrassment and so I never thought I would ever make a public speaker. If I was under any pressure at all and pressure for me was in a group of people I didn't really know and so I tended not to say much. That, that was the result. And um, I, I sort of felt I wanted to be a teacher, but how could you be a teacher when you couldn't get your words out well? So the route I took was to be a PE teacher. Because in PE, you know, it's, you can sort of be on the sports field and, uh, uh, you know, it's a lot different to being in the classroom. You know, you can shout, get stuck in, Johnny, and keep at it, Fred, or in the, in the gym, you know, straighten your legs, point your toes. You know, it's not exactly very taxing on getting your words out. And for the first four years of my career, I taught nothing but PE. But gently, and I believe the Holy Spirit was in this, almost imperceptibly, I kept being put into situations where I had to speak out, being asked to do some classroom teaching. Now, I hated it to start with, and to be honest, I think the kids hated it as well. Um, But as I grew in confidence, I found that I started to enjoy the classroom more than the sports field. Because that's where I seem to develop the relationships with the kids. That's where we seem to have the deeper discussions. And who knows, the Holy Spirit isn't just for church. 
It's for your whole life. You know, he's a helper. We've just looked at that. He can help you in every situation. And it, it's quite interesting. When one looks back, there are moments in life that seem to be quite pivotal. And one of these was when a colleague of mine at school found out that I was a Christian. I kept it a bit quiet up until then. Um, and he asked me if I would actually speak to the Christian Union, the school Christian Union. And um, I think that freaked me out a little. No, it freaked me out a lot. You know, it was rabbit in headlights kind of thing. But I felt I, I do need to go for it. So I did go and speak to the school Christian Union. And, and it seemed to go okay. I survived. But after that, it was no longer possible to hide. Suddenly, everybody knew Mr. Roy's a Christian. And, you know, I even had kids come up to me in the corridor and saying, are you a Christian? And you could sort of see this look of puzzlement on their face that, well, you're a PE teacher. That doesn't seem to sort of really go together. But anyway, around about the same time, to cut a long story short, we changed churches from quite a traditional village church into a much more charismatic church. And the couple who led our new church felt that we were sent along to help them lead. I'm not sure we felt the same, but anyway, that's what they felt. And they did ask me if I would speak one Sunday. Again, another rabbit in headlights sort of situation. Um, and I, I did actually speak, and this is honestly the truth. I spoke from a sitting down position because I was afraid my knees would knock so much that I wouldn't actually be able to get my words out. But again, I survived and I was asked to do again. And as they say, the, um, well, there's one other thing that happened at this point, and that is one day we had a phone call from the pastor's wife saying, the pastor had fallen off a ladder and broken his back. Would I step in? And suddenly I found myself doing the bulk of the speaking. And as they say, the rest is history. And it's weird how God works sometimes. Now, I'm not going to suggest that God made him fall off a ladder just to make me step up. But that certainly was the effect. But he made a full recovery, by the way. I'll just uh, add that in. Anyway, thinking back... I can see how in that God was so gracious. Um, if he'd given me the full revelation of what he wanted me to do, I would probably have run a mile. But because it was so gentle and it was step by step and I just sort of went along with the flow of the Holy Spirit, that's what happened. So all I'm saying is never say never. Never say never with God. Never say, I cannot do this. Now, you may be right, you can't, but you have the Holy Spirit living within you. You have the Spirit of Jesus, and it's in partnership with the Holy Spirit that we become a people of power. And it's in your weakness that God displays his strength and he glorifies himself. Yes? It's in your weakness that the Holy Spirit is glorified. So, now, as I said, let's not just see um, God's purpose over our lives as just something we do in church. The Holy Spirit, he is there to help you in every facet of your lives. Whether it's as a parent, whether it's as a carer, whether it's in your business, wherever God has placed you, you can fulfill his purpose. And I really do believe that. Never say never. But do remember what it's all about. The Holy Spirit comes to bring glory to Jesus. 
do you realize that when we ask for more of the Holy Spirit, when we pray, come Holy Spirit, what we're really saying is, I want more of Jesus. That's what we're saying with that prayer. If you just seek the Holy Spirit for himself, for the signs and wonders and for the healing and the miraculous and to hear the prophetic and and folks falling on the floor. I mean, I, I love all that stuff. You know, it's the power of the Spirit working. But if that's what you seek, you've missed the point. You really have. Now, some years back, David Wilkerson actually prophetically warned of a Christless Pentecost when the church would be so enamored by all the signs and wonders and so excited by the manifestations that they would forget what it was all about. And what's it all about? Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So when we seek more of the Holy Spirit, what we're really seeking is more of Jesus because that's the Holy Spirit's job to glorify Jesus. And Jesus said, When he comes, he will not act on his own, but he will take from me and he will give it to you. So we don't seek the Holy Spirit just to see these amazing manifestations. Um, Exciting as they are, what the Holy Spirit passionately wants to give us is more of Jesus. There's absolutely nothing wrong with seeking the Holy Spirit. We're told to do that, but just remember why we seek it. In fact, Jesus encourages us to seek more of the Holy Spirit. Let's see what he says. He says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you, then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, the first thing I want to take from this is that the Father wants to give you the Holy Spirit. He's not reluctant. Some people think, oh, it's something, you know, we, we have to sort of, sort of keep plugging away at and we've got to try and twist God's arm and persuade him. He's not reluctant. He really wants to give you more of his Holy Spirit. And how do we receive it? It's ever so simple. We ask. We ask. Can I just make the point that I believe that Every Christian has received the Holy Spirit. But there is always more. There is always more. We never stop asking. We never stop seeking. There's always more anointing. There's always more power. There's always more of Jesus. So we never stop seeking. Now I feel there is is one area where there can be a lot of confusing teaching. We can be told he comes by the laying on of hands. We can be told that you have to feel something. We, we can be told it has to be speaking in tongues. We, I've heard people say it feels like liquid love running through their veins. I've heard other people saying it feels like electricity running through their body. Now all of those can be absolutely true. And they can all be the ways that the Holy Spirit will manifest himself to us. But, you know, if we actually go down the route of saying, this is the only way it happens, I think God very often says, oh yeah? Watch me do it this way. You can never put God in a box. I believe he always wants to break the mold. And the other thing I think is really important 
which is what I think I found, he will always come in a way that is just right for you. Because you're an individual, you're his child. He will always treat you in a way that is just right for you. Now, again, personal experience. I believe I was filled with the Spirit when I was around 13. I was in a meeting where folks were being prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. Some were weeping, some were crying, some were laughing. All sorts of things were actually happening. I didn't feel anything at all. I was prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit, but you know, I don't remember feeling much. And I remember thinking, what's, what's wrong with me? And didn't God want to touch me with his Holy Spirit? But a day or two after, something interesting started to happen, and that is I started to find this strange word start to develop. And I suddenly realized I was beginning to speak in tongues. And there was just one word to begin with. But the more I spoke it out, another word seemed to join in. And then I had a phrase. And then the more I spoke that, the more other words joined in, and I began to speak in sentences. And that was my experience. And uh, to be honest, I still seldom feel very much. And sometimes, you know, we just cannot go by feelings. We have to go by what Jesus said. If you ask, he will give. And sometimes we just have to trust him that he will give because we are asking. Don't just go by the feelings. You see, he treats us all differently. Now, others of you, you know, I've been in meetings where people around me have been falling over under the power of the Spirit. I haven't. And I started to get a complex about it. And I remember asking God one day, why don't I fall over when other people do? And I felt he say to me, because you don't need to. Oh, well, that's all right then. But he treats us all differently. He treats us in the way that we need to be treated. Other people maybe needed a little bit of spiritual surgery being done, and God was doing that with them. That's great. I'm not saying I won't ever fall over. One day I might, I might. but he treats us all as individuals. Now, so, but actually, one of the reasons I love praying for people is because that's when I seem to feel the spirit the strongest. Um, and sometimes when I pray for people, they fall over, even though I haven't fallen over. It's just one of those weird things. God treats us all differently. Now, one more personal story, and this one involves Rosemary, and I did warn you. Um, but in, in her youth, Rosemary was part of a Baptist church that didn't really emphasize the Holy Spirit particularly. Now, they weren't anti, um, just not really what we might call charismatic. But when she was baptized, I think at the age of 12, as she came up out of the water, she knew that something happened. She knew that she had an experience of the Holy Spirit. And at the time, she probably couldn't have put that into any kind of theological context. But later in life, as we got more involved in the church that experienced more of the Holy Spirit, I think things started to become alive. And I remember coming home from work one day to find Rosemary sitting on the carpet, surrounded by all our gardening books, and when I walked in from work, I said, what, what are you doing? She said, well, I've got this word in my head. I think it's a plant name, but I can't find it. And after a little while of looking, I couldn't find it either. And then we suddenly realized this was the beginning of Rosemary, beginning to speak in tongues. And you see, God treats us all differently. And, but aren't we so pleased that he does? Now, whether we call 
this experience, baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit, I really don't think it matters. And I've tried not to get hung up on theology this morning. Because folks can get so hung up. We can get hung up on whether this approach is right or whether that approach is wrong. And it can stop us from entering in and receiving. Now, some of you who were in church a few weeks back will remember that I shared a dream, which I think was a God dream. And I'm just going to repeat it now for those who weren't here. Um, and in, in this dream, I dreamt I was in a church. It didn't look like this one, but I don't think that's important. And I was at the front, and I was speaking, when I was interrupted by someone towards the back, a lady, and she was making a little bit of a commotion, and she was waving her arms around, and she was laughing, and it began to dawn on me that this was the Holy Spirit actually touching this lady, and she was having a great time. Now, Graham was there in my dream, and Graham got up, and Graham then um, said to her, what's happened to you? You were seeking the Holy Spirit, but nothing seemed to be happening. What's changed? And the lady said, I stopped asking questions and just dived in. And for me, I think that was really important. That's why I feel it was a God dream, because I think some folks struggle with opening yourself up to the Holy Spirit. Isn't it a dangerous thing to do? Will, will I lose control? Will something else creep in? I've heard all of those questions. Now, they are valid fears if we get involved in some of the meditational kind of spiritual stuff or stuff that masquerades as spiritual because sometimes you don't know what you're opening yourself up to. If it doesn't offer you Jesus, don't go near it. Seriously, if it doesn't offer you Jesus, don't go near it. Be, be very careful. The enemy disguises himself as an angel of light. But if we're inviting the Holy Spirit in, we need have no fear. Now, what did Jesus say again? If you ask for a fish, will he, will he give you a snake or a scorpion? If you ask for bread, will he give you a stone? The, our good, good Father will never give you anything bad if you ask to be filled with his Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus. And if you ask, believe. I think that's really important. Believe that something has happened. As I said, I didn't really feel anything. Something happened though. I know something happened. But it, whether you feel something or not, that's entirely up to the Holy Spirit. Our job is to trust him and say, come, Holy Spirit. His job is to give us more of Jesus. And that's what we want, isn't it? More of Jesus. Shall we just pray? Now, could we just have a moment of quiet? Because all I'm going to ask you to do is to pray that ancient prayer, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and bring me more of Jesus. Just give him a moment. 
he's touched you before, ask him to touch you again.